Dear team members, for 30 years I've been a pizza guy, but now we do more than bring pizza to the door. We bring a sense of normalcy. Yes, we are the pizza guys, and we're proud to serve. At last, the greatest album of love songs ever recorded. You'll want to share them with someone special. Why do birds suddenly appear? Sung by the man who turned Every a personal affliction into a recording career. Don No Soul Simmons. Just like me, they long to be close to you. So curl up by the fireside and listen to the non-threatening music of this master showman. in the perfect position and race to the bottom is on the air time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing winslow tea try it hot lukewarm or over ice have it with milk and sugar or a lemon wedge or oh natural now that's winslow tea a new york city tradition since 1872 Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer, because that's how you know it's Winslow.
from Chez Moi. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah, man. You're getting nervous, man. In the background, we're listening to friend of the show, DJ Roots, my friend Tim. And this is some unreleased stuff that he sent me. Good vibe, right? Shout out to Tim. Guys, we just passed the two-month mark from basically when this whole thing started. I think I would like to submit to the jury the 9-11 for COVID. 3-11, March 11th. That was the, that was the day when Tom Hanks got it, when Omelette Bar did that horrible speech from the Oval Office, and the NBA shut down. I think that was the that was the day and that was a little more than two months ago now and our top epidemiologists don't see an end even our bottom epidemiologists forget the top ones even our worst epidemiologists i guess that'd be like dr oz i don't know when this thing's gonna be over but we gotta take care of ourselves and in that spirit i want to tell you before I do anything else before I go any further. I want to tell you about Retreat. It's a two-day self-care conference by the Design Museum of Chicago. And my my buddy, our buddy, Salim Hugh Penny, is putting it on. And it's going on today, all today and tomorrow. It started uh, at 9 today, and it's going till midnight tomorrow night. Go to, um, just type in re colon treat two-day self-care conference and about this event you want to know treat yourself to two days of engaging speakers musicians artists and more yeah it says uh this isn't an easy time for anyone that's for sure what if it was an easy time you know there's somebody who's just like yeah it's not not bothering me we're all doing our best and we think that should be celebrated here here that's why we're hosting retreat our first ever virtual self-care conference takes place over two days today and tomorrow videos from some of your favorite artists designers thinkers and just all around awesome people well they got up in here they got graphic design plant nostalgia tactile connection archived rememories that sounds interesting Nostalgic crayon activity with the Chicago Children's Museum lead educator. Okay, that sounds cool. How to draw your infinite self? That's all today. And a nostalgist DJ set. Tonight and then and then uh, tomorrow is recovery. Sunday, May 17th. Just try to keep on with Salim Hugh Penny. Is tomorrow? Let's read this. Salim Hugh Penny is a black neurologically impaired rural hip-hop blues artist based in Chicago with strong ties to Pisgah Forest, North Carolina and deep roots in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. His work seeks to reclaim the pastoral moments embedded in urban landscapes. He explores how young adults of color traverse wild spaces and come to define freedom, shelter, community and solitude on their own terms. He utilizes electronic music, collage painting, and improvisational performance to punctuate his poetry. Man, I can't wait for that. See you guys there tomorrow. I'm going. You going?
Um, so yeah, shout out to Salim, which leads us to something else I wanted to tell you about. What is coming up on Race to the Bottom? Well, you know, we do this by seasons, and we're in the end. We're nearing the end of season three. Next week's the finale. And what do I have planned? Oh, buddy. Do I have something planned for you. The aforementioned Salim Hugh Penny and I are going to do a hip-hop show. Hip-hop and the samples that made it, you could say. We're going to look at some of our favorite samples, some of our favorite hip-hop tracks that we grew up with. We're going to be nostalgic. We're going to be put our critic's hat on. And we're going to have some fun. So that uh, get, get ready for that. I can't wait for that. I'm going to be talking to my friend Meredith Demena from the group Tomorrow Tomorrow, whose album is coming out May 29th. We've got that interview on the books. Looking forward to bringing it to you. And talk about fun. I'm doing a show to kick off season four with my buddy, our friend of the show, Jay Clarkson. And we're going to be talking about the book of Job. Yes, the book of Job and uh, the art that it it has inspired, including A Serious Man, arguably the best Coen Brothers movie. So that that one's going to be a a big one. So don't think I'm, I'm I'm falling asleep over here. I'm keeping the the hits coming. Race to the bottom season 4, season 3 finale next week. It's going to be good. What else? Oh. What about that mashup? What do we hear? We heard about uh being a pizza guy and that was from uh, Pizza Hut. I don't know much about Pizza Hut. I worked for Pizza Cabin for seven years and talked about it a lot on the previous iteration of this radio program, Race to the Bottom. We heard from Living Color, Don No Soul Simmons. We heard from Police Academy, Citizens on Patrol. And and that's the only citizen patrolling that I'm, I'm into, is in the fictional universe of Police Academy. A lot of a lot of vigilantes out these days, and it's not great. What else did we hear from? We heard from James Taylor. And uh, if, if you if that wasn't enough James Taylor for you, then you're in luck. Oh, <laughs> before I forget, this is all part of an opening monologue. What you're listening to right now, me speaking, and it's sponsored by Winslow Tea. Because that's how you know it's Winslow, and I'm drinking it now. I've got it iced. Let's do this. Mmm. Scrumptious. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know. Throw it up on Instagram and uh, steep into the conversation. So like I was saying, we got my buddy, our buddy, Tom Demena coming up. Um... In the second bottom half of the show, bottom half of the hour, as they would say, we're going to be talking all about James Taylor, why we love him, why we think he's funny. That'll be that'll be good. Stay tuned for that. We heard from Beavis and Butthead in the mashup, and we heard from we heard the tones 
the intervals from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I finally watched. We watched it this past past week. It was all right. My wife liked it more than I did. Had to, had to cr- check it off the list. A couple more things I need to check off the list, and they come to you in the form of a the part of the show that we like to call Recommended. I've been um, diving back into this podcast that I would like to recommend to you. It's called The Partially Examined Life. And uh, when I was in my pizza delivery days, lest my br- brain go to waste, I would walk around and drive around listening to a philosophy podcast, learning about Kant, Categorical Imperative, and Heidegger, and all this stuff. And this this is a great, if you want to blow your mind and and or just you know it's kind of like eating your vegetables learning learning about philosophy these guys can help break it down it's uh it's by some guys who at one point were set on doing philosophy for a living and then thought better of it that's their tagline and it's good and i'm listening to the one um about aristotle the poetics I also recommend uh, listening to some music to keep your spirits up, and I'm, we'll do that in a minute, and that's going to be brought to you by... It's just going to be brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, we need your support. People are doing the Amazon Smile thing. People are still letting me know that they're making that happen. We need donations to stay on the air. Go to Radio Free Brooklyn slash donate to uh, pitch in. Sign up for the newsletter while you're there. And um, if you're listening to this on the computer, download the app for Android or iPhone. And uh, it's a, they, it works really well. So uh, we'll hear some, some music. What are we going to hear? We're going to hear from our buddy Tom Demena, his song, All These Things, so good. And we'll hear from him in conversation after this round of sound. We'll hear from Erica Badu. Erica Badu did a... There's been these, like, DJ challenges. That'd be a good DJ name. DJ challenges um, on YouTube. I guess that guy Swizz Beats uh, started this whole thing out where where DJs are doing kind of battling, playing their catalog against each other. And Erica Badu and Jill Scott kind of competed quote unquote and they ended up it just ended up being cool they were just playing it makes me realize i need to, i've never really dug into the jill scott thing but i should do that but man i heard uh erica drop this song didn't you know one of my all-time favorite songs and erica badu songs for that matter and then uh, we'll round it out with the doors who i don't always love but i i had this song when you're strange in my head it sounded good in my head, and it sounds good in reality. Before uh, we jump into the round of sound, I, I did want to say rest in peace to Little Richard, but I, I wanted to kind of talk about my feelings about this. I mean, he wasn't, you know, wasn't tragic. He was in his older age, and um, but it's really interesting. Kind of wanted to talk through my feelings on this. If you guys just come on over here, I'll come over here. I'll, I'll talk to you about this. I so everybody's like, oh, Little Richard, as he was the best. He was the pioneer. Without Little Richard and Chuck Berry, we wouldn't have any of this rock and roll stuff. 
And, you know, and then there's the aspect of race where, you know, Little Richard and Chuck Berry started it out and then Elvis and the Beatle and all and all these white dudes came along and stole it. Um, and it's true. And I'm, you know, I'm reverent of Chuck Berry and Little Richard for that reason. But I'm going to let you in on a secret that I just, it's just a secret about me. I don't really like rock and roll there i said it i don't um i like blues but i don't i don't really like blues rock i don't like i like blue i like john lee hooker and that stuff but i don't like bluesy stuff i don't like when my rock groups get bluesy and play like a 12 bar thing i like jazz but i don't like jazzy stuff i guess i like to keep my it's like i like the it's like i want one of those plates that divide your food up into the segments never crazy about like when John Lennon or the Beatles or Paul McCartney whenever they would do their like rock stuff I mean I know that they they said Paul McCartney basically stole everything from Little Richard and he admitted it and Little Richard would joke about it but I didn't like I don't like the stuff (laughs) that that Paul did I didn't like it when the Grateful Dead got like rock and rolly but I felt this um, cognitive dissonance when everybody was talking about how amazing Little Richard was because um, didn't really dig, uh, never really dug his stuff. And uh, I hope I hope that y- you can accept that about me. And I'm I'm sorry for for having to say that, but I but it's my goddamn radio show. So there there it is. Dad had a career and was a family man Man of the year and rich little Darien But he never fit in, they all called him by his end He turned himself in for fraud, a judge cuffed his red hands He thought he had all these things Guess it is a crime 
Keeping people happy for your whole lifetime He thought he had all these things he had to do He had to do He had to do He thought he had all these things he had to do He had to do Mm-hmm.
strange when you're a stranger faces look ugly when you're alone women seem wicked when you're unwanted streets are uneven when you're down when you're strange faces come out of the rain when you're strange no one remembers your name when you're strange when you're strange when you're strange people are strange when you're a stranger faces look ugly when you're alone women seem wicked when you're unwanted streets are uneven when you're down time for jt it's a good time for yeah yeah so i thought this would be fun i'm here with our uh good friend of the show tom demena and we've been kicking around the idea of talking about james taylor and why we love him and why he's interesting and kind of funny in some ways <laughs> uh so yeah this i thought this would be a, a, a fun thing to do right tom I agree. Yeah, there's something. Uh, I have a lot to say about this man. Me too. Um, uh, and then all these different um, observations that are, you know, extremely positive and then extremely negative. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's start at the beginning because I, th- for me, you know, there's, there's just like his music and his biography, and we we could get into like critiques of of his work, you know, through the through his catalog but then there's also just like a tremendous personal connection to this guy i think for both of us right yeah i, I was thinking about how um he talked about how music was his just only source of relief from i don't know moment to moment angst yeah you know that just shows i guess in his guitar playing and the earnestness of the singing it's like you really get the sense that this was his only way out of his like hellish psychological nightmare yeah so let's get to that but first let's just do you remember how james taylor entered your life as a kid his music it was uh greatest hits uh in the family wagon which is i think pretty standard yep same same here 
uh, that white, the white uh, cover, and it has the list of the songs on the cover in that James Taylor and like red font, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something about um, yeah that CD. I don't know. I always like just the identifiable jacket and um, uh, the fact that I could you know enjoy company with my parents, which was not I didn't really like doing much with them <laughs> at that age. Uh, so that was cool. I think I was around. I remember being in about second grade. James Taylor was also the first concert I ever went to. Me too, or one of them. Yeah. It was, he was weird. I remember he was really strange. We were, you know, like my friends were kind of nervously making jokes about how weird he was. And I was kind of getting pissed off about it. They were like, oh, he's weird. He's so <laughs> weird. Look at him making weird jokes. So weird. And I was just sort of like, you guys don't get it. Just shut up. You don't yeah. understand. Because you know? <laughs> it, was, it was so important. I have this distinct memory of riding in the car with my grandparents. And there was a, you know, I was a, always like a Beatles kid because that same thing. Like we listened to like, there was the red and the blue greatest hits that we would listen to of the Beatles stuff in the car. And then for a while there, James Taylor overtook the Beatles and I remember uh, forcing my grandparents to play that greatest hits in the car and we were riding along and I said to my grandma grandma do you think I'm always gonna love James Taylor as much as I love him right now what'd she say I don't know I don't remember what she (laughs) said but I just remember that question I just remember like loving (laughs) a an an artist's work like that passionately as like you know an eight or nine year old and just kind of marveling about it i can't believe you would have that wherewithal to ask like i mean i'm eventually going to be a different person and will i continue to feel this way i would never (laughs) have i never would have wondered so i guess we could we could go chronologically through james taylor stuff but i think also just like going chronologically through our lives might be interesting do you have any uh, aside from the greatest hits or either songs on the greatest hits or, or or other tunes that just were important to you growing up um well the album uh, sweet baby james was uh a hand-me-down i think i had the, the cd from jay or someone and my brother mm-hmm. and uh i would drive around in my junior prison in high school you know what i i took it all so for granted when i think about it now I mean, to be able to drive around with like high quality james taylor in spring and th- those songs are very kind of like i guess he's just smoking a lot of grass and it's all just, just like you know slipping away in month of may you know and it's all yeah. just like pretty harmonies that was a really special time so when i listen to that album i i'm just like right there i'm 16 i'm really i'm just so young i'm like driving around and just feeling good listening to this music and um i can't can't really i guess you could do that anytime but something about that first you know spring is it's almost like you can't ever get it back do you ever have songs or parts in songs where you hear them and you think about where you were in the car, like listening to to them, like a stretch of road that a, a line of, of a song reminds you of? For sure. Yeah. I think about for some reason um, that Elton John album that we would listen to, uh, Tumbleweed Connection, I, I'm like right on my rooftop again. 
um, yeah. and it's at night, and it's like I'm just like filled with so much sexual longing, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it's like wonderful. It's painful, but it's like it's just melancholy. It's just like yeah. this, you know, wonderful angsty feeling, it's like being young. So you touched on it earlier, but the crazy thing about James Taylor is this contradiction of him being so troubled and, you know, an addict and, you know, this is the guy who was self-admittedly a bad influence on, on the Beatles, might have gotten John into heroin, and then his music is like the most calming, you know, some people would say, like, too too sweet like almost yeah. saccharine but it's just like it's just this solace you know it's a very strange you would think somebody who was that troubled would make troubled music but it, it was this kind of way he's transmuted it yeah i think you're right yeah i think that's well that's his weird connection with that whole with all those people and then during that time that they were all troubled too and he was the guy that like they all kind of retreated to because they were all partying too hard. Yeah. And um, his music was at that level that was like Beatles level, but he was singing about like being pain. And I also think that I like to think that the people that catch that wave of like self self reflective folk rock music are people who maybe been in that place longer and ahead of time and now yeah. everyone else like for whatever reason is, is there with them and they're mm-hmm. just like yeah I've, I've been here i've been in quarantine for a while now <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, here i am you know kind of to catch you with, some, with something that's already kind of polished and ready for you to digest and will help you yeah and then that's and it's that connection also that i felt like with my family like i feel like james taylor was a big connection with my sister and I uh, we used to always she was you know 11 years older than me but we, we would sing you familiar with the song uh, Mona about his that he wrote about his pig no oh, oh Mona, Mona, so much you love little bit too much you take care of so long that's great. Um, he sounds really good on that. It sounds yeah. really confident. I've been listening to Sweet Baby James, and he sounds so young. And I don't yeah. know, not tentative, but it just sounds it sounds very young. That it's just interesting to hear the the difference. That whole album. There's that's why I'm here, and the song that's why I'm here. He wrote to uh, John Belushi, who who he was buddies with. That's why I'm standing before you. John's gone, he was kind of like a Forrest Gump in a way. I guess, like you were saying, everybody just wanted to be around him from the Beatles on through all the Saturday Night Live people. And It is interesting. Gosh, you know, I mean, how, I don't get it. It's like, you don't, I mean, it makes me upset. You don't get to be this troubled guy who's like oh i was just in trouble but all i could could do was play music and become great at the guitar and i also partied with john belushi and robin (laughs) williams and the beatles and oh it was just a very special romantic time i don't understand and and then to hear him reflect on that time with like like it was great but it was also um like he was you know that song i'm i was a mean old man i was a mean old man i was an ordinary 
I was a dismal Dan I made an awful fuss Ever since my life began Man, it was ever thus He's got this album. You know, I'm really interested in his, in his later stuff because it's not that great, but uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, I, I just find it interesting to, because he talks about his past and yeah. I'm, I'm more interested in what he really thinks. So the music's not that great, but sometimes I, I just find myself like, you know, I'm just gravitating towards these albums and listen to them kind of like peripherally. Yeah, it, there's some pretty rough... I've been listening to the different stuff from the 80s, and including James Taylor, or 90s, and I'm noticing this trend where people produce songs that sounded like they were sitcom jingles. <laughs> and uh, I think now if you wrote a song in it and you'd like did the production and the keyboards and everything and the drum machine and it, and you were like, this kind of sounds like it would be with the opening credits of a sitcom. You would say, let's, let's switch up the arrangement here a little bit, but there's a lot of stuff like that. There's the album, never die young. Never give up, never slow down, never Which, as far as the instrumentation, it's it's pretty corny. But yeah. to, to me, same thing. It's like I just have. I remember going surfing. Uh, like I didn't really surf, but I went with my friend and his dad and some of some other more like cool surfer people, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we went surfing all afternoon. And then the sun was setting, and we got back in in the van one of those vans that looked like a vacuum cleaner you know and mm-hmm. um and we were heading back from the beach and my friend's dad was just blasting that never die young record and we'd just been in the ocean and it was you know it was dark and we're just driving through like the more rural part of of our town and it it gave the this gravity to that record Mm -hmm. which i can't separate it out now i hear it and it's it's so interesting because like here's james taylor right making an album that sounds vaguely like soundtrack medleys and um but he's earned you if you once you're in there you're in there like now (laughs) this guy who's driving around with his kids on vacation what's he he, oh james taylor yeah i know james taylor i like james taylor let me put this james taylor cd and now it becomes ingrained with your whole memory of that time Because that's his outlet. This, this man, this random man's outlet. It's cool. It's cool. It's like it makes you want. It makes you want that benefit of the doubt. You know, like as an artist. Where you just, yeah. People are just like, oh yeah, no, I like him. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, just pop, pop his thing in. I'm not gonna ask too many questions. Any other um, tunes or albums that pop into your head that are like? Well, like that? I, I was gonna, I was gonna say that there's this one song. Um, I was a mean old man that I think about he's kind of reflecting on him himself being a jerk yeah. during, you know, his younger years. And that uh, he just, when he looks back at that guy, he just thinks, Oh, what a, you know, what a bad, what a bad guy. Um, I, I remember listening to, to Livingston Taylor talking about how James was his guitar teacher, which I think is being, you know, kind of polite, but um, like James would like punch him <laughs> if he played a wrong <laughs> note. Oh, you wow. know, like he was kind of abusive. He was kind of a, a jerk. And, uh, you know, I would imagine that the family, from what I've read, the family was, you know, complicated. And, um, you know, I just think it, it's all, it, it makes me think about that genre too. Like the, the folk rock genre tends to be a, like, you know, traditionally like a very sensitive soul. 
Um, but that sensitive soul, you know, might be harboring some serious demons. And, yeah. And, you know, he's got, he had some, I think he had some domestic abuse situations. With Carly um, Simon and stuff. I think that was pretty tumultuous. I think that goes hand in hand, you know, like, uh, and it has to be reckoned with. People have to know, that about, I think, about themselves. that They're, they're like um, externally or outwardly being, you know, uh, identified as this. They also might... They have to check this other side that's like kind of the other side of the coin. Yeah. Know? So anyway, I, th- I have to think that James Taylor had the wherewithal to kind of go back and, and look at look at that, you know. And if you don't, then it becomes, I think you just become, you wear this mask of like, oh, I'm a good, sweet, gentle soul. But back at home, there's like this raging beast. And then you can write a song like, uh, you can close your eyes. You know right, right, right. Yeah, sure. It's just like the m- most beautiful lullaby ever. So close your eyes. You can close your eyes. It's all right. I don't know no love songs. And I can't sing the blues anymore. Which I feel like is... You know, there's the second, there's the the second greatest hits record, which uh, you ever have that or listen to that one, uh-huh. which is a much more kind of rough, rough riding. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the true, let's yeah, you got to be, you have to be all in for that, yeah. for that journey. <laughs> but uh, as far as the, those tunes, I think you can close your eyes is, is maybe the, the one that would deserve to like be brought over to the, to the true greatest hits. You know, I, that whole rough ride, I mean, this is where it gets, this is where he gets fascinated. This is where I start to really kind of, uh, get my knives out because he's, yeah. he's becoming a, um, an almost like a apostle figure for, for recovery community. Mm-hmm. And, um, it really comes through in the music. And, and look, that's where it's fascinating with, I feel like, folk rock now. It be, it's such a niche thing. So you just, you either have a niche or you don't. You either have, like, your little community, you're either speaking specifically to, like, PTSD survivors, alcoholics, um, you know, or uh, you, you grew up in a, in a hyper-religious family or yeah. um, whatever. And then that, you those people coalesce around your message. And, and for James Taylor, I think it became, you know, like a recovery community. The music, it, so he, he's such a big deal that he would always have a wide tent, but like the, the music was now specifically kind of, mm-hmm. you hear that aesthetic of just like really gentle. <laughs> you know, it's hard, it's hard for you to relate to it because you're not going through that, you know, to that degree, you know? Yeah, it's like nothing, no sounds or sudden movements to jangle the nerves. It's new age. It's just, it, he was like yeah. really knee deep in, in new age. I feel like a lot of those people that, that really partied their asses off. They just went to this other extreme of like, you know, healthdom. <laughs> and we're, mm-hmm. you know, like he's like, he, he, he does like Olympic level weight training, you know, yeah. because he needs the endorphins. Yeah. So if he, and if he doesn't get them, he'll like, he'll lapse. But as new agey as he was, um, he's, I, I'm pretty sure always been an atheist and I've always been interested in, in the little lines uh, in his his songs, you know, uh, Sweet Baby James, uh, you can believe it if it helps you to sleep, but singing works just fine for me. Song that they sing of their home in the sky 
Maybe you can believe it if it helps you to sleep. The singing works just fine for me. These turns of, of phrase are always kind of even in the in the later stuff, so kind of sly and and smart. There's a you know the song Secret of Life. Now the thing about time is that time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. That's a great song. Yeah, that's yeah. a great song. And he says the secret of time is that time isn't really real. And right, I just right, love yeah. the love these things that he says like that, where it's yeah. like you think that you're dealing with just uh, this easygoing thing, but he'll surprise you. He'll... I agree. That's why I listen to them. That's the, I, can, I can crap all over them all I want, but I'm listening to these albums because I, I feel like there is wisdom there. And uh, yeah, I think if he wasn't an atheist, he'd be in big trouble. <laughs> the, the atheism really grounds him out, yeah. gives him like enough of an edge so that, you know, when he kind of talks about, you know, time or what, what have you, it becomes yeah. interesting, you know, and stimulating. And he's got a, a great Christmas record. Speaking of, of things that you listen to with the family, whenever uh, we have Christmas, one of our standbys that we can uh, kind of all agree on is is the James Taylor Christmas record. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've listened to it. It's great. I mean, he does all the classics. He also throws on Joni Mitchell's uh, River. It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. Putting up reindeer. Singing songs of joy and peace. I wish I had a river. I could skate away uh, I was I was listening to Sweet Baby James and thinking about how he had such a heavy affectation and like his southern accent was you know I don't know I don't know I don't know to, to what degree that was affectation or not but it probably was because it sort of goes away as he goes on and kind of feels maybe less of a need to have like a, a sound or something. Um, yeah, that's more of a country kind of record. He does Oh Susanna on there. I said, Oh Susanna, now don't you cry for me. As I come from Alabama with this banjo on my knee. I loved Oh Susanna. I was in <laughs> love with this woman, this woman. This sixteen-year-old girl uh, named Susanna, and uh, just thought, "Oh, this is you know, this is what this is all about." Me and my feelings for Susanna. Wow, <laughs> I love the name Susanna. I just was like in mm-hmm. love. I, I, you know, it's the it's the name. It's so weird, especially when you're young. There's something about the name. It's everything. It's yeah. like it's like why that song, um, that West Side Story song, is so powerful, and it's just like. Maria, yeah, Maria. It's just great. It's like if a young man hears the right name, they just they're just gone. Maria, I just met a girl named Maria, and suddenly that name will never be the same to me. You know the song "Traffic Jam." Damn this traffic jam! How I hate to be late. It hurts my motor to go so slow. Damn, this traffic jam. Time I get home, my supper will be cold. Damn, this traffic jam. It's great. I think that's on JT. I think I had JT on cassette and I had um, That's Why I'm Here. And uh, also uh, another one from my sister that I 
remember. There's this song on That's Why I'm Here called Song For You, uh, So Far Away, I think think it is. This is a song for you, far away from me. I would listen to it after my sister had gone to college and just cry. And I had totally forgotten about that. Uh, it's a really simple song, but, you know, these these things. That's nice. And I was also thinking about how, you know, with that heavy affectation, was, he keeps talking about, you know, greens and blues. It's like his colors, you know? Yeah. Deep greens and blues are the colors I choose. And then later on, he sang, a, he wrote a song called Yellow and Rose, which was like his, like, coming out of being <laughs> done with greens and blues and now I'm all about yellow and rose which are you know I think a cool way of accepting your you're in the, uh, the second stage yellow and rose. also I love um, as the song as Caroline on my mind is that on on sweet baby James too I don't think so Okay, yeah. that might must be the next record. But on that one, he says, uh, as the song's fading out, you know, he says, he keeps saying, I'm gone. I love how he says this as it's fading out. Say nice things about me because yeah, I'm gone. Yeah. yeah, I know. I love his little asides at the end of songs. It's great. His little yeah. like throw-ins. They have like such nice, neat little um, in, in, impact. That you would say nice things about someone when they're gone. Like, it's just, it's great. It's... yeah. He's, it's great to be that as a singer, he's like so opened stream of consciously mm-hmm. to throw in something. So it has like an improv, like, you know, freshness, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you got, you got the song, you've written the song and now you're recording it. And now you're like so in it that you feel like comfortable to just throw something in there. It's, it's cool. Are there any other songs um, that you feel like mentioning before There's I so many. get my laundry? <laughs> There's so many. I honestly, okay, I can just quickly, you know, everyone, everyone craps on steam, steamroller. Oh, yes, <laughs> I crap on steamroller. Well, I'm a steamroller, babe. I'm bound to roll all over you. But, you know, Sweet for 20G has that, has like this really nice thing going on. It's in Sweet Baby James and the first mm-hmm. half of it is, is really pretty and nice. Slipping away, what can I say? Won't you stay inside me month of May? And then the second half of it is this, you know, is like, JT getting down. And I know yeah. some people, they're just like, no, no, that's not why I hired you. I have a tough time with, with when he gets bluesy. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's generally not good. You know, just again, like Blossom on Sweet Baby James is so saccharine. He says he can't even listen to it. Blossom, smile, some sunshine down my way. Lately I've been lonesome. Um, it just sounds so trite and so terrible mm-hmm. and so, so sweet. <laughs> and I know that feeling. It's awful. Awful. Yeah. When you just, when you have your name on something, it's just like, <laughs> you know, you can picture yourself in the studio with your headphones just being like, you know, just looking like such a schmuck and just be like, but as a, you know, teenager, I was in love with that song. Interesting. 
I was absolutely in love with it. It meant so much to me. I just thought, oh, I can really, I can give into this, you know. Mm-hmm. There's like permission to let out your little bluebird. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's it. Those those two struck me in the, in the album, uh, Sweet Baby James. I guess we can end on um, Fire and Rain, which is maybe maybe his his uh, best song. It could be argued. Yeah, I think so. You know, he said he said that he wrote those songs, you know, recovering from an accident. And he said he never again really equaled the level of um, work that he put into writing to crafting the, those songs, the songwriting, just because of the nature of his injuries and and boredom yeah. spent uh, recovering. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again I think we did well. I think this is going to be good. Yeah, me too. That was really fun. Thanks, yeah. for, uh, thanks for making it happen. All right. Well, all right. Uh, all right. All right. Well, bye. Bye. All right. How how about that conversation? That was good, right? Little snippets of the songs. Very profesh. If I do say so myself. We will end the show with the song Teardrop from Jose Gonzalez. And this was featured in episode eight of The Last Dance. Really effectively, I thought. I was very surprised to hear it. I love Jose Gonzalez. Stay tuned for Crime Talk BK. And um, support the station. You are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. And I'm going to try something new. This is like, you know how people do this uh, at the end of a story? I'm going to try it and see how this seems. The end. Drop on